What if I told you that you can design and live the life that you want on your own terms? Would you do it? Would you take a leap into the unknown? Or would you settle for a life of limits? A life of safety but lacking true meaning? Zeph and Moses Blacksburg here, and I'm on a journey to help you ignite your inner passions, let go of your fears, and get more out of life. Will you join me and make this year your year of purpose? Welcome to the Year of Purpose podcast. Hey everybody, Zephan Blacksburg here on another round of the Year of Purpose podcast. And today I have Ace Chapman. Now Ace bought his first business when he was just 19. It was an online stock market simulator called Cool Wall Street. After selling it and seeing the benefits and buying a business over starting one, he caught the business buying bug and since then he has bought and sold over 30 businesses and has helped his clients all over the world buy over 100 businesses. Ace, welcome to the show. I am glad to be here with you. Excited to chat a bit. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to start with, uh, you know, where this all got started. You know, I started a business when I was 16. It was my first business. Uh, I ran a computer repair company and nothing is more uh, of a learning experience than placing an ad in a local newspaper, getting clients and having your mom or dad drive you to the client's (laughs) house to fix their computer and have your mom or dad sit in this random stranger's living room, like watch what you're doing, having no (laughs) idea what's going on. And I'm sure you yeah. might have experienced some of the same things. Like my parents have no clue what I really do. They just know yeah. that I work for myself and that I have money to pay for my rent. Um, <laughs> so you started when you were pretty young too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and, and my parents knew they were in trouble when I was about five years old. My mom gave me some money for uh, my school pictures. So I went to the pictures, you know, a couple months later, the, the pictures came back in the day when it took a couple months to get your pictures back. <laughs> and uh, so we get the pictures and I see we're at church uh, later that week and I see my mom is handing out the pictures to everybody. And I remember, I'm like, she gave me $20 for those pictures. And $20 was like an infinite amount of candy for a five-year-old. So I'm thinking like, this is a lot of money. So I go up to her, I'm like, are you charging anything for these pictures? And she's like, no, you can't charge for the pictures. You've got to give them away. And I'm like, no, we got to charge for them. I picture fit and I'm crying. And she's like, if you want to try to sell the pictures, go ahead. Nobody's <laughs> buying your pictures. And uh, she was wrong. I was a cute kid and people were willing to pay 25 cents and 50 cents for, for uh, my, my pictures. So that was my very first business, unfortunately, it didn't last long. I'm not nearly as cute now <laughs> as I was then. But fast forward to when I was 19 and, you know, just trying little things here and there uh, up to that point. And it, I, it one of the best ways to find businesses, one of the things that most people don't think about is that, you know, at some point, every business that you do business with is either going to sell or close. You know, there are only two options. The owner of that business, they they either have to pass it down to somebody, and a lot of times the kids don't want the business. So it, it has to go to somebody else. Nobody lives forever. So every business is going to have some kind of exit at some point. 
And I came across a business when I was 19, had no intention whatsoever of buying the business, but I loved, I was a business nerd, like I said, since a young age. And so I was using the stock market simulator back when that was like a neat new thing. And uh, the, the customer service was bad. The site was always going down. It was just a terrible experience. And summer was coming up. At that point, I was a freshman. So I reached out to him and basically said, hey, how would you guys like to have a free intern this summer? I'd love to come down, work with you. Uh, kind of hoping that maybe they would pay me something. But, you know, I can tell that you guys are obviously really busy because <laughs> nobody, everybody's complaining about it. So um, it took a while to hear back. And eventually I, I, I got they got back to me and they said, actually, uh, we don't really want this business. We've got a web development business. Wow. We're wondering if you would want to buy the business instead of interning. <laughs> so that was it's like that escalated pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm like, how much would you want to sell it for? It turned out to be a really great price. And at that point, I knew nothing. So all I knew was they wanted $70,000 for this business. And I had like $3,000 I'd saved up from the summer before doing some web development stuff. And uh, I basically was like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> and then started trying to figure out how I could come up with the money. So that became my first kind of leverage buyout. But I, I realized later what an what a amazing deal that was once I sold it and started looking out and, and finding uh, other deals and what the normal price was. So Very that was my cool. first deal. Very cool. So, I mean, you just, you had to find a way to make up $67,000 to, to exactly. buy this company. Exactly. I, so I can't the, even imagine. The first thing I did was actually, and it's funny because, like I said, I had no idea what a great deal they, they had given me. Uh, basically, just the price itself normally should have been about 150000 instead of the seventy. So I went back to them basically saying, okay, well, I'm going to need y'all to finance about 50% of this, <laughs> which was pretty outrageous based on the deal that they had already given me. But they said yes. And so sometimes wow. just uh, ignorance can can help. Um, and and then the, the other thing, I had a buddy of mine that put in about 15000 He He became an investor. And then I actually got credit cards, which my parents would have actually – probably strangled me. I, I wouldn't be where I am today because <laughs> I would be gone uh, if they had any idea that I had gone out and gotten some credit cards to make up the difference. Uh, but yeah, got into the deal. Everything went really smoothly. And one of the biggest transition points, because as a as a kid, I would always have these ideas and I would start businesses and try to do things. And this was like that transition where literally I remember we closed on a Tuesday, we had gotten everything done, we sent the money to them, the accounts were now in my name. And I remember at the end of the day on Wednesday, looking at my bank account, and I had gotten a deposit from that day. And it was positive money that was mine, that was profit. Wow. And compared to you know starting a business from scratch and you look at that journey of what it takes to start a business from scratch to just get to the point of taking your first customer especially if it's offline and you got to rent a space and pay a deposit and do build out and hire employees and train those employees and 
in order to have a few customers, by the time you open the doors, you got to spend some money on marketing. And then eventually, after those months of spending all that money, you get to open your doors. And it's in, an, in the Internet. You're spending money on development and employees and marketing, the same thing. And you finally open your doors to the business and you get customer one. But guess what? You're still losing money. So you still have another year just to get to break even. Mm -hmm. And you compare that to the storyline of buying a profitable business. And that's why I'm a very big believer. Even if you have a vision for the business that you want to build, it's great to go in, take over a profitable business, especially since it can be done creatively because nobody's doing it. Nobody thinks about this stuff. So it's not like you're going in to buy that business and you got a bunch of competition that's going to pay more than you. Kind of whatever you bring them a lot of times is going to be their only offer. So then you can build your vision on top of another business. Interesting. So it it's a crazy lesson from a young age because I, I'm sure now knowing what you know, uh, we don't just look at a business and say, oh, it would be cool to own that. Let's just shell out 70 grand, right? You know, yeah. it's, there's probably a lot of things that you learned along the way. And I know that you were saying in your 20s, there were a lot of things you tried out just to kind of test the waters and see where it was at. Um, what do you, th what was your struggle like as far as, you know, having loans, having debt, uh, being broke? I mean, a lot of people are kind of in that boat right now, you know, and they want to perhaps start a business or maybe after today we'll be able to convince them to buy a business that already exists. But, uh, you know, what were you going through personally? What were some of your fears and some of your struggles there? Yeah, I, man, it was really interesting. Uh, one of the, probably the, the biggest source of a lot of my um, uh, stress and the the down periods was um, not it was trying to fit into a mold, basically, because there was no definition for what I was doing. And honestly, I didn't see it as something at that point. I'm talking intelligently about it now because I can look back. But at that point, I was bumbling through the dark. You know, I just happened upon that deal and just happened to figure out, okay, this is interesting. But at that point, I didn't really see this as, oh, okay, maybe I could go out and flip businesses. I definitely didn't consider that. At that point, I still saw what we all see, which is the entrepreneur journey is to have a business. You grow it into this huge entity. Eventually, you get to the point where maybe you take it public and you become Steve Jobs. <laughs> you know, so like the goal is to become Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. And and so uh, my vision at that point was just to, to I, I, I realized and I learned, OK, well, maybe instead of starting something from scratch, I'll buy a business and grow it. And I became hugely frustrated because even with the cool Wall Street, we would hit a ceiling. And, uh, you know, with that business, I waited too long to sell, which did make me a little trigger happy when it came to sell, which was another thing that that just happened organically that turned out to be a really good thing. And so uh, uh, I but I still didn't have a vision for, uh, oh, go buy, grow, sell businesses. It was how do I fit into the, the entrepreneurial mode with this little tweak? And then, you know, how do I grow the business? And, I'm, you know, it's like this. So it was just a tweak to the process. Um, and the, the interesting thing that happened was with the Cool Wall Street thing, I waited till after the bust and sold it. So we sold it for like a tenth. And, I, you know, I still came out 
uh, with a profit, but it's sort of a tenth of what it was worth at the height, you know? So that was one of those things that did spur that sense of, okay, if I'm not going to explode it, then let me sell it as quickly as possible. And that came in real handy. I bought a couple units of a franchise uh, called Homevestors. Okay that bought and sold houses. And when I bought it, they were buying and selling about 25 houses a year. We took it up to over a hundred, took over a unit in Alabama. And I, you know, that was my fourth business at that point. And it was just one of those things where it's always for sale. I'd love to grow it. Uh, and a guy came to me and wanted to, um, uh, buy it and I sold it. And, uh, right after that was 2008, <laughs> which was, you know, the end of everything. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, he was a really wealthy guy, so he was able to kind of uh, weather it. But if it were me, it would have been the end. <laughs> that would have been like starting, not the end. I would have been starting from scratch and rebuilding and, and going through uh, that whole process. Uh, but one of the big realizations that I was also really grateful in that business was that we did grow that. I mean, as you can imagine, we're, we're buying and selling 100 houses a year. It was uh, just a really stressful business. And my health was really bad. I mean, literally, my doctor, I went in, I was had these uh, things that turned out to be hives on me. And I go to the doctor, I'm like, hey, I need you to get rid of this. And the doctor's like, I, there's nothing that we can do to get rid of that. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, it's you. It's your stress. So you got like my only prescription is take a vacation. And uh, I went, I remember going on that vacation with the girl I was dating. And, uh, you know, basically she's like, I mean, you've just set up your office in the hotel room and you're sitting here working like this isn't a vacation. Uh, and so I, I, I really went through a transition after selling that business to looking at my lifestyle and having that as a lot more important. And I, I, I had a vision when I was young that, oh, I want to be this super mega millionaire. And now, man, I would trade freedom and my time and enjoying every day and what I do for any amount of money. That is like the most invaluable thing you can have. And now I, I you know, I wake up, I do what I want, I travel when I want. And all that, and that's that. I feel very, very rich. <laughs> you brought up some really good points there. So one of the things that first comes to mind is that uh, I was kind of raised under this mold of you know you grow up, you go to school, you get a degree, you get a job, you hold it for 30, 40 years, you retire, and that's your life, and that's it. And you are living proof that you know you've had all of these businesses and you can change what you're doing if you don't like it you sell it and you move on to the next one and um you know that that's kind of something that i think a lot of people ignore or don't want to understand because you know they're so used to this label of i went to school and got this degree in blank and that is who i am and what i do and you know my degree was digital video and cinema studies I've done everything from work at the Genius Bar at the Apple Store to uh, being a maintenance driver where I drove a tractor around a summer camp to being a pastry chef, you know, wow. and my first business was computer repair. So it all, it, it can change at any point in time, uh, which kind of leads me to the next thing is you were able to basically look at what was going on in your life 
and kind of re-script your story and mold it around what you were doing so that you could live life in the way that you wanted to. And that's kind of where I'm at right now is I took life of working nonstop, you know, 80 hours a week for myself thinking, oh, this is great. I'm making a lot of money. And now it's like I'm leaving for San Diego tomorrow for five days. And next <laughs> month I'm heading out to uh, to Texas. And after that, I might be heading out to Phoenix. And, you know, it's it's nice to uh, show people how possible it really is to live a life on your own terms, to be able to actually sit down and say, this is what I want financially. This is what I want for myself personally. This is what I want with my relationships. And it sounds like you really were able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it was uh, not to say that there's not a constant struggle. I think always in the back of your head, you know, you've got that voice because we're growth. I mean, the life scripts are um, constantly being kind of rammed into our subconscious. And, you know, it starts from a very young age when we're extremely impressionable. But even now, you know, through movies and music and conversation and bosses and all that stuff. I mean, it's really tough to get out of that. And I remember one of the tougher things for me, I bought that business. I was in college. I had some uh, investors that were interested in investing and kind of taking it to another level. And um, I, it would, it, they basically said, we want you to quit college. Though. And this is after my, so I ran it from college for a year. After my sophomore year, we, we, we'd grown it and things were looking good. And uh, I remember going to my dad and kind of, you know, they had made a lot of sacrifices for me. I went I went to top 20 college and uh, made a lot of sacrifices, all that stuff. And I expected him just to completely flip out at the audacity of me even bringing up quitting college. And I think the weird, the, the really interesting thing is that I w w almost wanted that. I wanted him to blow up, say that that's just outrageous. There's no way you can quit and make my decision easy. Uh, and then I can say, no, nah, my dad wouldn't let me. I'm, I'm off the hook and I don't have to take this challenge. And uh, he, he basically said, hey, it's, it's up to you 100%. I trust your decision. And I was like, no, that's not what I want. <laughs> I don't wanna have to make this decision. This is too tough. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a very, it was a tough decision because that had been, you know, literally a degree equaled success. Like you're just gonna, and that's rammed into our heads. Uh, so it's it's tough to get off of that uh, life script, but it's so exciting and powerful uh, when you do to break through each one of those limits because you start to realize like, wow, okay, if I can break through that, then what else is am you know am I limited by just through my thinking, not by um, you know my my power, and it's kind of like that trainer that's uh, training somebody and it's like, hey, you're stronger than you think you are. You just gotta keep going. And you're like, I can't do it, I can't do it. It's like, no, you can. And, and if you can become, if you can reiterate that voice and, and kind of one of my mantras I read in the morning is, is that, is you're stronger than you think you are. Um, be, because our heads, uh, it's a lot of what hold us back. Absolutely. Uh, you just reminded me of a little story that a friend of mine, Kyle Maynard, uh, Kyle was born without arms and legs and he mm -hmm. crawled to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. So A, if you thought you had an excuse, you don't. But B, uh, he has this crazy story of, you know, uh, just being so worn out and they're like halfway up 
and he was in this tent one night and just lost it. You know, he, he thought that he was going to give up. And he remembered that uh, he was carrying the ashes of, I believe, a, a soldier who had passed away to the top. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of like his mission, his thing to do. And he started to tell himself, not dead, can't stop. Not mm -hmm. dead, can't mm -hmm. stop. You know, and it's it's uh, so right. true. It's like <laughs> you've got to be able to to uh, what I call it, embrace the suck. You have to be able to embrace the suck. You have to be able to push through that. Realize that the grass is definitely going to be greener, but for right now, you got to push that lawnmower over it for, for really long ways. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, I guess so many people kind of look at what people like you and I are doing. They're like, you know, I can never do that. Uh, mm -hmm. And they kind of have that voice in their head of, oh, I can't get there. And it's like, but you can just stop saying that. Keep going. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So what when it comes to creating this mold and designing the life that we really want, what aspects of our life do you think we should kind of sit down and look at? Obviously, you had health. You know, you had the hives breaking out. Uh, what are some other things that you think we should kind of examine uh, and really dictate how we want them to look before we get moving with our plan. You know, I think one of the more valuable things is uh, it, because it's too difficult, it's too overwhelming to try to say, okay, what do I want my life to be? And, you know, start to like build that vision. I think, well, you know, one, a couple of simple things. Number one is looking at a specific day and what you want a day to look like. And this has changed for me. I was living in Encinitas. I, I, I did that a while back. And, you know, when I when I envisioned that day, I saw me running on the beach. I saw, you know, me hanging out with friends and, and uh, being outdoors. And, and where I'm from in Tennessee, it's like one of the, the top worst pollen places. So I couldn't do as many outdoor activities as I wanted. So I ended up uh, living in San Diego. And then after a little while, I um, basically kind of redid that. And as I started to envision that day, family became a lot bigger part of, of what I, I wanted there. And so seeing my nephews and being able to go to a game, being able to have lunch with my dad, which I'm, I'm doing right after this, um, those things were a lot bigger part of how I envisioned that day. And so that brought me back here. Um, and so I, I think that can start to be that that first thing. And then the next thing is obviously money. <laughs> like, I'm just a big believer in the fact that being able, not even stacking up a ton of money, but knowing that you can create income, if that's that's kind of that first step, just being able to almost create income on demand. But uh, number two, being able to start to build some some long term wealth and and know that hey you know crap hits the fan I've I've got something to fall back on because that's where a lot of um, uh, just the the lack of freedom comes from is you know having bills not having a lot of cash and and that kind of thing uh, but I do believe that once you start to create freedom, you, it doesn't take as much money as most people think. And it's one of the most rewarding things in the world for me to work with a client 
that, uh, you know, thinks that it's just this impossible thing. We had a, a mom who was uh, working and, and had a great paying six-figure job. And um, but it required her to travel basically every week. And she had a baby. She was on maternity leave. She had three more months on her maternity leave. And she's like, I can't I can't even fathom leaving my baby every week. Like it just I, I can't allow it to happen. But my expenses and everything like I also can't not have this job. And so that was, uh, you know, just one of many cases. We just had all kinds of different cases, but where, you know, it's like, well, here's here's the plan and here's what we're going to do. And, and we've got a great testimonial video video up of her on, on YouTube. But that's a, a, a valuable thing is to, you know, see people go through that transition of this is just impossible. I don't have it. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you know, it's one thing for us to be like, oh, I want to travel. I want to do that. But, you know, when a mom wants to just like not leave her kid, <laughs> that that's uh, even even more, more powerful. Uh, but it take it can take a lot less. You know, it's, I think um, Wall Street has sold a lot of people on a product. And their product is give me a lot of money, which in order for you to give me a lot of money because you make so little, it's going to take you 40 years. And then I'll get, you'll be able to start get, getting some of that money back. And there are a million alternatives to that. It just so happens that they've got a ton of money. They're able to advertise that. And again, you're just falling into one of those uh, scripts. Interesting. And uh Kind of jumping back to uh, buying businesses, just because I think a yeah. lot of people at this point are realizing that this could be a totally good option for them. Um, is there a certain industry that you look at, or are you more looking at the numbers behind how the business functions? Like, what to you uh, are the key flags of, you know, hey, this could be a good business to buy? Because you know, I've heard you've bought online businesses, you've bought offline businesses. It sounds like you've had experience in real estate, but you've also had experience in, you know, online stock market simulators. And they're, yeah. they're all totally different things. Yeah. So, yeah, I've bought a lot of different kinds of businesses uh, from tanning salons to uh, real estate, like you said, to teeth whitening. We just bought a teeth whitening business. Uh, so we do a lot of different types of businesses. What it really comes down to is what I call low-hanging fruit. So there are a lot of things that, you know, at the end of the day, we look at in a business. And there's due diligence process. There's valuation process. We're looking at how we're going to structure the deal and, and all of that. But the one common denominator that that is in all of my businesses is that there's some type of low-hanging fruit. And I know that doesn't mean a lot to, to, to folks. But what... I'll give you a couple of, of examples. I just mentioned the teeth whitening business. With that business, the owner of that business basically um, was, had a you know warehouse, had employees, was shipping out everything, and all of that cost represented about 40% of his uh, revenues. And we knew going in, like, hey, instead of us doing that, we can send everything to Amazon and it adds a little step for us, but they'll ship it for 15%. So that drops 25% on 
right there down to the bottom line. So a lot of people think that what we do is we try to go in and just get a deal at a rock bottom price. Right. But the uh, and sometimes, you know, there's a really motivated seller. We're able to go in and help them or they just don't want the business, like in the case with Wall Street or whatever. You know, I bought a I bought uh, businesses where people are having to move really quickly and they need to just get rid of it. Uh, and then there's people who want to retire. So you can get those things that are really inexpensive. But uh, I would say a great majority of the time I pay asking price because I see something in that business where we're going to be able to make a lot more money really quickly. Another case was I mentioned the, the tennis line. So I go into this business. This is a case where the owner was really motivated. She had to move to Europe. And um, it, I'm talking to her. You know, we're talking about the business, and I see that she, she mentions the database. She's got a database of 14,000 customers that have done business with her in the past. This thing has been in the business for, been in business for over 20 years. And uh, bottom line is, you know, I'm asking her about the database. I'm like, how often do you contact them or whatever? And she's like, ah, we don't really do that. I'm like, okay, so when was the last time you contacted them? And she's like, ah, we don't really do do it. And I'm like, so you've never emailed them, you know, phoned them, mailed anything to them ever in 20 years. It's like, no, nah, no, we never have. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> so with that business, we were able to almost triple the size of the business. We, we bought it, grew it and sold it within six months for wow. about double. Paid it off completely, actually, in the first few months just from income from, from the business because we, we did get that one at a really good deal because she, she wanted to get rid of it quickly. Um, but what we're looking for, those kind of things where we can go in and just have this uh, immediate impact. And, and then some of the other smaller things like I mentioned with the offline business, the last business I bought was 33 years old, you know, and, and you just have these things where it's great business, you know, know, making six figures a year and all this stuff. We're getting a great deal on it. And this guy didn't have a website, social media, customer database, not doing any of like, you know, it's 2013. You don't have a website. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we look for. Cool. So you're, you're looking for places where you can really go in and easily turn that around. I mean, if you don't have a website, if you're not emailing the people on your list, I mean, these are all things that are super easy to put in a place. And then it sounds like, you know, with the Amazon thing is you're also looking to how can we make this cheaper, more efficient, easier. And it's kind of just like you said, low hanging fruit. It's sitting there waiting to be picked. So that's really cool that uh, those options are even out there. Um, yeah. Just to kind of wrap this up, do you is this something where you teach other people how they can do this? Do you go in as a partnership with people? How does that work? Yeah. So we do a couple different things. So basically, um, we act as kind of like a, a investment banker for people that are look, looking to buy a business. Um, and it's not even something where we say, oh, you should buy a business and then that's it. Just like big companies are always in the market, they're always analyzing their competitors, they're always looking for opportunities that may be synergistic, they're, they want to grow through acquisition because that's the easiest way to grow. So it's the easiest way to increase your bottom line. But once you buy that business, 
yeah, you can go out and you can test a million different marketing strategies and whatever, or you could just go and buy a competitor and instantly make money and know how much of that that's going to be. So we we want to help the the clients we work with grow long term through acquisition as well. So we basically have a program where we help folks buy their first business. We take them through the process, help them through finding the deal, doing due diligence, doing valuations, getting the financing, and we we've, we've got a lot of testimonials uh, on YouTube and in different places that talk a little bit about the case studies of, of, of how that works. Uh, but and then I do tend to, and the main reason I started doing this six years ago is I reached a point where I couldn't do uh, uh, as many deals because there were a lot of opportunities out there, but I only have so much time. And so I wanted to start to train some other people so that I could invest in their deals. There's just very few things out there that give the kind of return. I can't sit my money in the stock market and be happy with that. So uh, I, I started to train people. And, and so when I train people, I invest in, you know, the call before this one, I was talking to a couple of clients who are partnering on the deal and I'm investing in their deal. And so, yeah, I, I do end up partnering uh, if they're interested in taking my money. Sometimes they don't want to anymore. It's, it's, it's weird how that works. When I was first starting, you know, everybody wanted my money because it was proof that what we did worked. He's like, okay, he's willing to invest. I, I'm, I want your money. That shows me that it's real. Now we've got, you know, 100 testimonials, all this stuff. And so as soon as I say, you know, I just had this guy in San Antonio who's awesome, client. But as soon as I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to invest, he's like, oh, I'm glad you do. I'm glad. But that makes me want the whole thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's how it works. <laughs> that's cool. Well, it sounds like it really worked out for you. I'm glad that, you know, know you are kind of able to break through this mold that so many people have set forth for us and you're a great example of you know you don't have to get stuck in one place doing the same thing working in the same business or industry the rest of your life and uh, you know if you want to go out there tomorrow and make a difference or uh, you know create that type of income or lifestyle that you're looking for it's there you just have to figure out how to do it and this seems like a really good way to go about doing that um, what are some of the best places for people to find you online and follow what you're doing and get some more information? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Ace Chapman, on Instagram, which is fairly new for me. It's ace.chapman. Uh, but the easiest thing, if people have questions about this stuff, feel free to shoot me an email. You can shoot it to ace at acechapman.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for spending some time with me here today. I'm actually getting ready to head out tomorrow to San Diego, so I'm excited. Uh, nice. I've never been there before. I know that you uh, lived there for a little while, so hopefully it. it should be nice and warm and sunny. It will be. Awesome. I can almost guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that someone was saying. He was like, you know, it just stays between like 60 and 70 degrees all the time. Yeah. I remember uh, I had been in the place for like forever, and one day it got chilly, and like I realized I didn't even know where the HVAC thing was. I was like, where's the, the thermometer in here? I can't find it anywhere. So yeah, it's, it's good. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for spending some time with me today and uh, enjoy lunch with your dad. Thanks. All right, talk to you soon. You've probably heard me talk about designing a life that you actually want to live. You might have even heard about my travels or experiences and thought to yourself, yeah, I do want to do that. Eventually, someday I'll probably do it. And my guess is that you've been thinking about doing it for a long time. 
So I want to tell you this, stop thinking. Your time is right now. You don't need any more time. You don't need any more info. You don't need to keep putting it off and planning for the perfect time because the truth of the matter is this. You could be the person who sits around and thinks about living a better life, or you can be the person that decides that today is the day that you're going to actually do it, and I want that for you. Because you already have what it takes. You've got a fire inside. Even if you can't see it right now, it's lit, but you need to open yourself up to the possibilities and throw a couple logs into the flames. So join me and the Euro Purpose tribe by subscribing to our YouTube channel and iTunes podcast. And if you really like us, please leave a review. This is Effin Moses Blacksburg, and I can't wait to see you again on the Year of Purpose podcast.